Welcome to your virtual CFO coach. I'm your host, Leah Torbert, founder and CEO of Harrington Strategic Partners. I've spent my entire career working in the startup world, scaling businesses to multi-seven and eight figures. I built this podcast to share all of that knowledge with you and make your path to success shorter and easier. Tune in each week as I cover topics including financial analysis, cash flow management, holistic strategy, mindset, and more. Now for today's episode. Hello, ladies, and welcome to today's episode. Today, I want to talk about something that sneaks up on us in our businesses, burnout. This simple word doesn't begin to describe the overwhelmed, exhausted feeling that hits us when we've been pushing ourselves too hard. And unfortunately, I am very familiar with this feeling uh, and its best friends, perfectionism and overachievement and its cousins, people-pleasing and ambition. As I was thinking about what I wanted to cover in this episode, I felt this huge weight settle on my shoulders, like when a friend who you've cut out of your life suddenly shows up unannounced. I had this huge feeling of anxiety and overwhelm just thinking about what I was going to say how I was going to just talk about today, what I've been through, sharing my personal story, my experience, so that you can understand what it looks like for other people who are going through this and see that it's not just you. There isn't something wrong with you because you feel this way. This is just something that happens to a lot of us because of how we've been raised or triggers that we've learned throughout our childhood and early adulthood that just help us focus on reacting to things in a particular way. To tell my story, I have to go way back. I want you to listen and just keep track of whether you have a similar experience or what happened to you versus what happened to me so that we can see what we have in common and what's different to understand how we both got here talking about burnout today. So I'm the oldest child of three. I was expected to set an example for my brother and sister. I helped to raise them from my early teens because my mom went back to school so that she could get her degree because she wasn't able to do that in her early 20s like a lot of people do because she became a mom. So her life started as a mom and working some part-time jobs. And then eventually, once I got old enough to help out with my brother and sister, it was able to give her some bandwidth and time in her schedule to be able to go back and go to school. And so I did not have a lot of the same experiences in high school that some people did because I couldn't participate in a lot of after-school activities because I was taking care of my brother and sister. Because I was the oldest and because I had to set an example, I had to get A's on everything. So I learned very early that performance meant good things for me. My parents were happy if I got A's. They talked to their friends and family about, you know, how smart I was and I got praise because I got A's. And when I didn't, it wasn't, okay, well, next time just study a little harder and be fine. It was, 
what did you do wrong? Why didn't you get an A? I know you know this. What's wrong with you? And so the language around that slowly helped me develop a behavioral response that said, okay, I have to get A's, otherwise my parents don't like me. Obviously, that's not true. My parents liked me. My parents loved me. They still do. But as a child, that's how I saw things. And then to make matters worse, I was bullied in school. So the only way that I got any kind of approval as a child was to perform well in school because I I didn't have a support network of friends. I didn't have people my own age to talk to about the things that I was going through or to have fun with or any of those things. And so to me, my entire life became centered around, I have to perform at the top to get any kind of approval. And so over time, what this developed into was that my self-worth was tied to performance. So I want to take a step back for a second, come back to where we are now, and just ask, how are we doing so far? Are some hands going up? Have you had some similar experiences? Or maybe there's other things that you're thinking about as I've been talking through this that you're like, yeah, I, I experienced some of the same things. I've responded as well because my self-worth became tied to performance or maybe there was something else that was your trigger that got you to the point where you push yourself so much that you hit that burnout phase. So I'm sure many of you have had similar experiences to mine and you know they might have been worse, they might have been different, but either way, they've impacted us to where we are today. So when your self-worth is tied to performance, what do you do? Well, first of all, you seek perfection. Nothing less is acceptable because that's how you win. If you're perfect, if you get the A, if you come in first in whatever your competition is, then you're getting the attention, you're getting the approval, so you have to get the win. So you always try to be perfect in everything that you do. You set yourself further apart from others because you have to be the best. You're not trying to be a team player. You're not trying to make friends. You're not trying to become part of a group or a community because that will take away attention and time and distraction from being the best, from getting the win. And so whether you were bullied like me or maybe you're just aiming for that perfection over time, you're actually isolating yourself, whether other people are doing it or not, because you're focused on being perfect, getting that win. Pride yourself on your hard work and you justify letting other things slide because they don't get you the results that you're looking for. Friendships suffer if you have friendships at all. You're not as connected to your friends as you could be. You're not as connected to your family as you could be. Uh, there could be things in your life that you're interested in from a hobby perspective that you just don't make time for because you don't feel like it's worth the time and effort there when you need to focus on these other things to perform, whether that's in college, that's 
at work, you're trying to get a promotion, trying to get that bonus, whatever it is that you're working towards, that becomes your end all. That's your complete focus. And so over time, because you've learned to behave this way and this is how you're driven, other things fall to the side. And so your life becomes very unbalanced because you're super focused on the performance side to get that approval, to get that win, because that's how you feel good about yourself is to get those wins. And then the other thing is you take on every challenge. You don't say no. You have no boundaries. Because if you take on the challenge and you perform well, you're going to get more praise. You're going to get more acceptance than you would if you said no. If you say no, you're isolating yourself. You're taking a step back. You're creating a boundary. But if you want to be perfect, if you want to be the best in class, if you want to feel really good about yourself because you achieved something amazing, even if you really didn't have the bandwidth for it, and at the end of the day, it may not actually have accomplished anything tangible in your life, you feel better because you've gotten the praise. Someone said you did a good job. All of this sounds really healthy, right? <laughs> this was me before I even made it to high school. So fast forward many, many years to the pandemic. My habits were so ingrained into who I was as a person that I couldn't even recognize them anymore. And we all know what happened during the pandemic, right? We had hiring freezes, budget cuts. We were expected to do more with less. We were expected to work more hours to save the company. Uh, we needed to be all that we could be for the company. And since we couldn't go anywhere for at least a period of time, we had nowhere to go, so we were isolated in our homes, what else were we supposed to do except work and maybe watch some TV? It was a recipe for disaster for someone like me. I talk a lot in my posts on social media about self-care and burnout, and I do this because I know how awful this gets if you let it play out to the end. I was working 70 to 80 hours a week. I lived by myself at the time, so there was no one to help me turn it off. I ate whatever quick thing I could find. I tried occasionally to get out and walk and get into a workout, but I could never get any kind of consistency. And I kept telling myself that it would all get better once we could go back to the office, but it didn't. It actually got worse because now all the extra work I'd done was just expected. It had become the new baseline from which I would be reviewed for my performance. Hello, performance trigger. I have to be the best. I just need to work harder. There has to be a way for me to succeed. I have to just keep pushing through. I can't say no. I have to take on the challenge. I have to be all that I can be, right? Well, in the fall of 2021, I finally broke. I remember sitting at the kitchen table with my computer out, working on a Sunday, because there was never enough time to get all my work done. I'd worked so many weekends, I lost count. As usual, there was something wrong in the ERP system. Someone in operations hadn't done what they needed to do or posted something wrong. So I was stuck and coming up on a hard deadline. And I snapped. I started crying these huge, ugly sobs. I couldn't stop. 
It turned into a full-blown panic attack. I couldn't breathe. I didn't know what to do. I just felt so overwhelmed and so panicked. And I just felt like even though this was out of my control, I was still going to be found lacking because it wasn't done. At the end of the day, it didn't matter if someone in operations or sales or whatever didn't do what they needed to do or if they posted something wrong or if there was a breakdown in the process somewhere. Ultimately, I was responsible for this task to be completed on time, even though I didn't have authority over all of the people involved and we were really struggling at the time to try to put better processes in place and to get people trained. We hadn't been using this software very long, so there was a whole bunch going into that. But at the end of the day, I felt like everything was on my shoulders because I had a deadline that I couldn't meet. And that's the worst possible thing for someone who defines who they are by how well they perform. I'd failed to figure it out even though there was nothing that I could have done to make the situation better, it was still my fault somehow. That's how I saw it in my brain. That's how I felt like I was going to be viewed. And there are other things that go into how I felt about that, that I can't share on this podcast, but I felt like I was just at this point where I wasn't going to be able to get past this. I wasn't going to be able to figure it out. And I just, I couldn't do it. I I just sat there. Like I couldn't get control of myself. I was just in this full panic mode because how was I supposed to do this? I couldn't see a way through. And if I couldn't see a way through after all of the things that I'd been through up to this point, after all of the challenges that I experienced, after all of the things that I had somehow managed to conquer, what was I going to do? Like, this was my job. This was my life. So it was really difficult for me to even try to get perspective on what was happening because the emotions were so strong. And my boyfriend, thankfully, was able eventually to help me calm down And once I was calmed down and had been able to take that step back from what was going on, uh, we had a long talk. And I knew that I couldn't continue to live like this anymore. And I had to make a change for my health and my family. I was working myself into an early grave and my job fed my worst habits. And I wanted to share the story with you because I know many of you have been here or are working up to it. I think it's worse when you work for yourself. There's so much pressure to perform. If you can't get it done, who will? Leaving that job and starting my consulting business didn't fix me. I replaced one set of pressures with another. I still had to heal and create new habits in my life. And this is where we get to the good part, finally, after all this pain. (laughs) As I'm recording this episode, I have nine months of learning and healing in the books. It's not all roses, believe me. This has been a tough battle retraining my brain, but I'm getting there. And I want to share with you how I've done it in the hope that it'll help you in your journey. So the most important thing that I did was I started journaling. After that breakdown in the fall of 2021, I picked up a spiral notebook and I just started to write. 
I poured all of my feelings and experiences onto the paper, raw, unfiltered, brutal truth. And looking back at some of the things that I wrote during that time, I'm concerned for myself all over again, letting the feelings out and acknowledging that there was a problem I needed to fix was crucial. I still journal, although not every day like I did during those early months. I listen to my body and my mind, and when I have something troubling me, I sit down and write. Then I can put some perspective on the issue and think about next actions to take to work through what's going on so I can move forward. The next thing was I made a commitment to my health and fitness. During the pandemic, I mentioned before, I, I worked 70, 80 hours a week. I would go for a walk occasionally, or I'd have a couple of good weeks where I'd get some boxing workouts in and I'd feel really great. But then the pressure of everything would just weigh on me and I'd stop. I couldn't get any kind of consistency. And I knew to get healthy, to be able to move forward and become who I needed to be, this had to stop. So my health and fitness became a priority for me. I scheduled my workouts on my calendar like I would a client meeting. I was so sick physically and mentally at the beginning of this year, I just had to make a change. I struggled to be consistent as it's not easy breaking those bad habits. And in the beginning, it was very easy to skip my workout and tell myself I'd do it later. FYI, in case you didn't know this already, that rarely happened. I downloaded motivation apps on my phone. I started listening to podcasts on healthy habits. And ultimately, I hired a coach to help me, which leads me to the next thing that I did to start my recovery from burnout, and that's hiring an accountability partner and coaches. So I started with an accountability coach to help me get healthy. It took me five months to admit I needed help. I highly recommend you skip all that and just hire one right away. I'd be even further in my journey if I had. She is a sounding board for me when I'm feeling stressed and tired. And we started off by talking about my health and fitness goals, and then she built a plan for me to get better. And it's working. Sometimes I don't feel like it. Sometimes I'm frustrated at where I'm at. I don't feel like I'm making enough progress. I feel like I'm doing all this work and I wonder what I'm getting out of it. And I have to stop and remind myself that that's my old way of thinking. That's old patterns that are coming back. And so I'm slowly implementing healthier eating habits, strength training, and cardio into my routine. I'm working on my mindset and I'm feeling so much better and stronger than I ever have before. But it's not just about health and fitness. As business owners, we need to let the walls down and seek help in our business as well. I did it on my own for seven months, and then I joined a coaching program. A month later, I joined a second one. There's a lot we have to shoulder as the leader and sometimes the only employee of our business that's going to transform our lives. And we can't do that alone. It's part of the self-care. Coaches give you someone to talk to, to share the good and the bad with, to ask for advice when you're not sure what to do. So I highly recommend that you find one you can trust and get started as soon as you can. You need someone that can be there for you in the good times and the bad, that can understand your business and has been there before and can help you work through the issues that are going to come up. It's just a part of owning a business. It's not that we're necessarily doing something wrong, just we have a lot that we need to get done. And if you're like me, you want it done yesterday. So there's all this extra pressure. So you kind of have to work through all the feelings and 
trigger habits and everything around that so that you can grow your business in a healthy manner. The next thing that I decided I wanted to do as part of my healing process was to actually start having fun. The pandemic made this one really hard for a long time since things were shut down or we had limited access. And then once things opened back up, we all had to learn to get back out there because being shut in our homes had become normal. Not going anywhere had become normal. Seeing the same two or three people had become normal. We had to kind of retrain ourselves. As someone recovering from burnout, I knew this was going to be important. It wasn't easy, though. A lot of the fun things that I wanted to do cost money. And guess what you don't want to spend when you just quit your six-figure job to start your business? Money. <laughs> so I started small. Game nights going to see a movie in the theater, little things that I used to enjoy and wanted back in my life. And as I fully embrace this aspect of my recovery, my boyfriend and I are getting back to pre-pandemic activities like going to concerts. We went to 17 concerts in 2018 and 18 concerts in 2019. We did one in 2020 before the world went to hell. So I think this year, we're in like 10 or 12 concerts so far. So we're, we're still a little behind compared to what we used to do before, but we're getting there. And the last thing is something that I have just started the process with, and that is going to therapy. Growing up, I always heard negative things about therapy. My friends have had good and bad experiences with it. And so it was always something I just never felt comfortable doing because it was a huge unknown for me. And I like knowing what my ROI is going to be. And therapy is not something that you can pinpoint and say in six weeks, you're going to be here in three months, you're going to be here in six months, you're good. So the, the not knowing was also something that kind of kept me from going to therapy. But I think I'm finally healthy enough to take it seriously and to do the hard work that's still left to do. I've rebuilt my physical health. I'm stronger. I'm in a much better frame of mind. But the old thought patterns are still there. The behaviors that caused my burnout still lurk in the shadows waiting to trip me up. And everything I've done to this point has simply prepared me for this next step. I wasn't ready nine months ago. I am now. And I want to banish the triggers and rewire my brain. Instead of just recovering, I want to be healed. I've shared my journey here with you because I don't want you to get to this point. If you're feeling like you're already at burnout or that you're getting there very quickly, I would very much recommend that you at least start with journaling. Getting your thoughts out on paper, being honest about how you're feeling, what you're going through, just putting it down in written word is so freeing and it allows you to just release some of the pressure that's in your brain and feel better about what's going on in your life. And a lot of times you will actually write out just in free thought what you know you need to do. And so it can release some of the pressure so you can move forward. The other four things, focusing on health and fitness, if you're not working out, if you need an accountability partner, Find someone that you can work with, hire a business coach, hire a health coach, get out there and have fun, try doing some different things. And, you know, if you're ready, if it's something that you feel like you need in your life, find a therapist. 
Like I said, I'm still in the beginning process. I don't know how this is going to work for me, but I'm finally open at least to the idea of trying. And so that's where I'm at right now. I'd love to hear from you on how you've overcome your burnout and the habits that you've implemented to stay healthy. If there's something that's not on my list here that you've tried that worked, please let me know. Leave a comment on the show. Send me a LinkedIn request and let's talk. I am all about implementing new things in my life to try to create the life that I want to get out of burnout, to stop these bad habits. And I would love to be able to share what you've done with my audience as well, because I don't want anyone to experience this burnout. I don't want anyone to be at this point where it's so bad you have a breakdown and you literally have to stop everything you're doing just to figure out how you're going to move forward. So please share your experiences, connect with me on LinkedIn. I would love to talk to you about what you've been through and how you've succeeded in moving forward. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share with your network and leave a review so our podcast can reach more women and have a greater impact. If you have any comments or additional topics you'd like discussed on the show, let me know. Before you go, connect with me on LinkedIn and let's keep the conversation going.